Everybody in the Sports 1140 KHTK. Jason Ross here with you on this Monday afternoon. We do have Kings basketball coming your way tonight as the Kings preseason continues. It's game three. Kings will be at the Moda Center in Portland. We'll have that game for you right here on your home of the Kings, Sports 1140 KHTK. What a weekend. Man, there was so much going on this past weekend. We're going to cover it all today in our two and a half hours before we get you to game night with Scott Marsh and the High Flyer, Henry Turner. They will have that. Coming your way at 5.30, and then, of course, we're back for the pregame at 6.30, and then Kings basketball tonight at 7. G-Man will have the call of that one. As we get started, want to tell you Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Today, and in fact, all week long, we're going to have an opportunity for you, our great listeners, to win some prizing today. We've got WWE tickets to give away later this hour, and our own Chris Verlott, he's, he's got a question ready for you today for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see WWE Raw on October 18th. Right at the Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. And in our 5 o'clock hour, before we uh, call it an afternoon here on the show, we give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Kings open up their 2021-22 season against the Utah Jazz on October 28th in their home opener. Again, for more information on that, visit khdk.com. So there's so much to get to. A lot of things happen in a very eventful weekend. We told you about that on Friday. That there's going to be a ton of stuff going on. And uh, we're going to recap it all, cover it all, and give you our thoughts and opinions on all of that. But let's get you started with First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. first. All right, we do have Kings basketball tonight as the Kings are ready to take on the Portland Trailblazers. Fox has a long lead pass, goes up the floor to Mitchell, up and down, reverse. He's got the basket, and that may be the play of the night thus far by the Kings. Great look up the floor by De'Aaron Fox. That was preseason game number two. Highlight there from the G-Man, of course. Kings won that one easily, 113-98 to against the Clippers. Sacramento did so many good things in that second half. Clippers shut down their players uh, in the second half, but that didn't matter because the Kings responded in kind and just played great. Had a great second half, blew out the Clippers, Again, we say this all the time about the preseason. It really doesn't matter if you win. It's how you look, how you compete. And so far in the two games, the Kings have looked good and competed very, very strongly. So you like that. Looks like they're getting themselves ready for the start of the regular season. And uh, tonight, I know for fans of preseason basketball, uh, it's going to feel like preseason basketball tonight. Let's give you the list of those who aren't going to play tonight. Portland's not going to have Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, uh, Norman Powell, uh, he's going to be out. Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, Cody Zeller, they're all out. Kings have countered with a pretty good list of themselves that aren't going to play tonight. Looks like we won't see Buddy Heald, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Tristan Thompson, or Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley was the only one that was listed with any kind of, uh, I will say, injury concern because it doesn't sound like it's anything too serious, but he was put on the injured um, the report, the injury report, but nothing substantial, nothing too concerning for him. And any time with Marvin and injuries, it does raise up the red flag. But uh, just sitting out, sounds like precautionary. Kings will have one more preseason game. That will take place on Thursday. That will be back at home when the Kings will take on the Lakers. All right, let's get you more. First things first. First things first. First things first. first. All right, Giants-Dodgers game three tonight of this just massive series that we all wish had round uh, the next round implications on it seven game series instead it's just five and uh, the Giants had home field we told you the importance of winning game one the Giants did that but then this happened in game two 
Skies one to right. Routine. Mookie Betts is there. And Monday, the Dodgers and the Giants will face one another at Dodger Stadium with this series all even at a game apiece after the Dodgers route the Giants 9-2. to two. Game got out of going pretty well. Both sides, good pitching. And then uh, the ending that just blew up on the Giants. Bellinger had the big hit. Giants uh, couldn't stop that bleeding, and the Dodgers win that one easily. That highlight from the Dodgers radio network. So here we are in a uh, best of three, basically, going the rest of the way. It's tied at one. Giants have lost home field. That doesn't mean much. Giants are a great team, home and road. Dodgers have been fantastic at home. And I would say right now, the series, if there was an advantage before, we felt like it was minimal. It was really hard to find which side had an advantage in one area. I did think on paper going in, the better overall starting pitching looked to belong to the Dodgers, but I thought it was negated on one key piece that Max Scherzer wasn't going to be able to pitch two games in the series. Well, now that it's 1-1, the Dodgers have Scherzer going tonight versus Alex Wood. So you feel like, again, on paper, game's not played that way, the Dodgers would have an advantage for tonight's game. Doesn't mean much because the Giants can beat any pitcher at any time, and I don't think the Saturday loss derails anything. Uh, 2 nothing would have been fantastic if you're the Giants, but it's 1-1. You knew it was going to be a difficult series. I still don't know who's the better team. And the point after tonight, someone's going to be on the brink of elimination tomorrow. And if you're the Giants, you don't want to be in that spot. So can you get to Scherzer? Scherzer's been so good as a Dodger, though I would say his last three or four outings, he hasn't been as spectacular, even the wild card game. He held the Cardinals to just the one run, but he was gettable that day. They certainly could have attacked him and gotten more runs off him. Just unfortunately for the Giants' sake, uh, they did not. So uh, that series tied at one. Game three tonight from L.A. We'll talk much more about that as uh, the show rolls along. Let's get you more. First things first. First things first. First first. All right, there's more baseball playoffs today. There was supposed to be a game with the Astros and the White Sox, but that one was washed away, postponed, a postseason postponement. Doesn't happen very often, but they're going to now play a game for that series tomorrow with that series two games to one in favor of the Houston Astros. Uh, But earlier today, we had the Brewers and the Braves. Chris, do we have a stinger for that game? The Braves prevail again. A three-run fifth. Jock Peterson, pinch hit, three-run home run. Second time he's done that in this series, and now the Braves have put the Brewers on the brink of elimination. It is 2-1 right now, series advantage to Atlanta. And as far as my uh, pre-postseason prediction, I had the Brewers and the Rays. Both teams are on the brink right now with the – Rays getting ready to play tonight. That'll be game four of that series, or they're starting in about an hour. Uh, Red Sox now lead two games to one. That was just an incredible game yesterday uh, in the series, and uh, the Red Sox won it. There's always those 50-50 games, those swing games. That one goes extra innings, and what a difference that made by getting a win at home for Boston. So now they're at home tonight trying to close out the 100-win Rays, while we already know the Giants and Dodgers, one of them, 100-plus wins will be out. So Baseball playoffs, you just never know. Braves, a 3 nothing win today. They have a 2-1 series lead. Astros, White Sox postponed. Still to come, Rays and Red Sox, and as we mentioned, the Giants 
and the Dodgers. All right, let's get you more. First things first. First things first. First things first. Monday Night Football tonight to wrap up the week of the National Football League. And what a weekend it was in the NFL. I mean, it was absolutely incredible drama. And I know we'll do a deeper dive into the Raiders and certainly into the 49ers about their both their losses yesterday. But for any of you that spend any time watching the Red Zone, and I know they call it, especially on uh, – there's a couple different guys that do the Red Zone. Um, but Scott Hansen, uh, he's, he's the version that I get. And what's it called? The witching hour, you know, at about 12.15 in the morning, 12.20, I guess in the early afternoon on Sunday when wins become losses, losses become wins. We just had such great NFL drama yesterday. Incredible. Tonight it wraps up with the final game of the week. And this one we'll see what goes on with the Colts and the Ravens. This one's going to be played in Baltimore. And this is a situation to me. The Colts are in a spot at 1-3. and three. Their division isn't very good with the exception of maybe Tennessee, who's been wildly up and down. Ravens are a good team, 3-1. and one. A tough matchup, I would say, for Indianapolis in this one. But that'll wrap up the week. And if you go through what happened over the weekend, it really started with a good Thursday night game, right, looking back at that and even the storylines that presented us with the Rams getting a win in the division, Seahawks losing and also losing their quarterback, Russell Wilson. You had the London game. Uh, yesterday, not as much drama in that one, and not the two best teams, obviously, in the NFL with the Jets and the Falcons, but the rest of the day was incredible. I mean, the Packers-Bengals game by itself was one of the most entertaining and bizarre games I think I've seen. To have that many kicks missed in the final two minutes and in overtime, and ultimately the Packers do win on a field goal, 25-22. The Lions, my goodness, I feel for them. They're in a game where it looks like they're definitely going to lose. They get a turnover that they need. They score. They have the guts to go for two and get it, and then only to be losing on a walk-off field goal. So the Lions still winless. Get the Steelers bouncing back. How good was Tom Brady yesterday and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? He was he was fantastic. I mean, Brady and that offense is, is really going to be – has already been special this year. He's putting up historically good numbers, even for his all-time great career. Uh, you had the Eagles bouncing back, the Saints getting a win, uh, Titans handing the Jags yet another loss as their dismal season continues. Chargers and Browns played an incredible football game yesterday. That was one game I would say I was wrong in one area. I was certain that was going to be low scoring. You had two very good defenses. The Browns want to just run the ball. Chargers, uh, I was impressed by both teams. I was I thought that was going to be a great game in the AFC, and it was a great game in the AFC. The Giants get some injuries against the Cowboys. Like I said, we'll, we'll dive deeper into the Bears, Raiders, and the Niners, Cardinals as the show rolls along. And then Sunday night, through all the weather delay and lightning delay, uh, the Bills, the team I, I'm sticking with as my Super Bowl team, they looked fantastic. And Kansas City, it's not completely broken, but you get this far into the season, and Mahomes doesn't look like the, the same dominant quarterback. It doesn't look like the same dominant um, unstoppable offense, and the defense is a problem. So a lot of season to go, but Buffalo getting a statement win, revenging the AFC title game, and winning, honestly, relatively easily. Was that an 18-point win? So impressive day of the NFL that we'll dive into all of those stories um, as the show rolls along. But tonight, Monday Night Football wraps it up with the Colts and the Ravens. All right, let's get you more. 
First things first. First things first. First things first. first. All right, the next one was our summer never-ending story that um, I don't know that it's it's changed too much here with the developments today, but we are talking so much about Ben Simmons a lot over the summer, and, of course, his name was, was connected to California teams, to the Warriors pre-draft, um, other teams certainly showing it. Every team should have shown interest. Uh, the Kings, we've talked about the Kings and Ben Simmons. Could this be a partnership? Could this be something that Monty McNair – would go for a big, big move, that bold move that he's talking about wanting to be available and ready for. And, you know, when Doug was here, we talked about the merits of, of looking at him and what he could provide. I don't think it's a, a talent question with him at all. It never has been. It's just is his mind right after what he's gone through, which has seemingly been a very difficult and trying time for him in Philadelphia. The fans seemingly want him gone. The organization, at least in the playoffs last year, seemingly wanted him gone, and he wanted to be gone. He had kind of dug his heels in and said he was not going to return to the Philadelphia 76ers. So then you get into a spot where it becomes not a game of chicken per se, but what is each side's best move? And if Ben Simmons truly wanted out of Philadelphia, he has to make it this important to himself and the look about it to say I'm not going to do this I'm not going to play for this organization I'm not reporting to camp so now Philadelphia is in a spot where they had said publicly well we're going to reach out to him of course we would like him here apparently there were efforts made by members of the organization even teammates to go out and see him and try to convince him like okay look we can make this work Well, his camp said, don't even waste your time. Don't come out and see me. I don't want to play in Philadelphia. So that takes us, with all those rumors, with with weeks and months of that kind of stuff going on, what is actually going to happen? Well, apparently now discussions have gained momentum on Ben Simmons returning to the Philadelphia 76ers, this according from a couple of NBA insiders, including uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. And that return could be as soon as sometime this week. Apparently, management of Philadelphia, even uh, head coach Doc Rivers involved in this, progressed in talks over the weekend with Simmons' agent, and that's uh, Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, on a resolution. Now, Simmons could soon be speaking with some of those officials in Philadelphia, some of the front office guys, and this doesn't mean this is patched up and short up, and Ben Simmons is going to be a sixer for life. It certainly is a possibility. But this, I think, helps all sides here. One, Philadelphia gets a disgruntled player, hopefully back in camp, and if there never is a willing trade partner or the right trade for them, you've got an all-star playing back for your team. Now, how they patch that up, that's, that's going to be on Ben Simmons. That's going to be on the players. That's going to be on Doc Rivers and those in the organization. That's not going to be easy. I know things were said, even the clips we played, what, a week ago, that Joel Embiid basically had said uh, multiple times, even back in the playoffs and even now. I think those things can all be repaired and guys can play together, but how damaging is it long-term between all those? Now, that's just if those guys are going to stay together. I think what happens here is the trade talks continue and maybe even gain more momentum because you want to work to get him in 
and getting comfortable. And so now you've got a guy that's back playing basketball and has his best interest might still be on another team. And that other team now can see him and feel comfortable. And I still think this is going to end up in a way which these two sides part ways. I just think they've gone too far. I think Philadelphia might even be in their best interest. And we talked about this last week. The one kind of unique wrinkle that makes sense for all parties, whether or not this would ever be, uh, whatever materialize would be something else. But what about a Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons deal? You got Kyrie that can't play in Brooklyn home games, could in Philly, different restrictions there. And Ben Simmons, I think, with Brooklyn would be fantastic. Kind of helps alleviate some of their defensive issues. Their offense is already gifted. So I think this is going to be interesting to monitor to see where this will go. Let's also keep in mind, Simmons would have lost about a million in salary um, over the amount of time that he's missed. And I know when you make the amount of money, that's like, oh, big deal. Well, that's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. And whatever the scale is, even if it's very, very small for – you know, small amount of money for any of us listening and, and thinking about this, or if your job was finding you X amount of dollars, nobody really likes to lose any amount of their paycheck. I, I don't care even if the scale seems vastly different from a million dollars to whatever that would be equivalent uh, to our, uh, to most people out there, but you don't want to give any of that money back, especially when you feel like that's the money you deserve and you've earned. So this is going to be interesting now to see where this goes. I'm glad that the seemingly – are getting closer to an agreement, at least for him to return. But Philly, um, I think if they just backed off a little bit on their asking price, they can get a lot in return. Ben Simmons is a young, gifted, talented all-star that has some flaws. And to me, what I've asked from the very, very beginning about this, the most curious part of this to me was why Philly was so open and so willing to move a, what, 25, 26-year-old multi-time all-star, number one pick that they have invested in and is a great defensive player. Has limitations offensively, but his limitations offensively have mainly been his shooting. Where he got into the major issue was Philadelphia or his teammates or Atlanta last year. They got in his head. And then he stopped shooting completely. That's a bigger issue than shooting poorly. You have to be able to shoot when it's the right shot, when you're open. Sometimes you're left open by design. Well, you have to attempt it. You have to try that corner three. Or, specifically in that Atlanta series, you have to dunk it when you're under the basket and not pass the ball. He was afraid of getting fouled. He was become a terrible free throw shooter and got the yips at the line. So if he can shore that up, not the three-point shooting, if he can get the free throw shooting at a much more respectable percentage, that then makes him all those things that we are worried about with Ben Simmons and talked about before in a positive glowing light that get Ben Simmons downhill. How do you stop that big of a point guard? All those things are still in play without him be, even being able to shoot. So he's got to find that, whether that's in Philly or on a new team. And to me, I just think Philly is obviously one of the tougher places to play. It would be one of the great comeback stories ever. I just think they're they're past the point of no return. And – Philly has so many other great pieces that this feels like a time to part ways. It really does. And so today's move to get at least talks progressing over the weekend with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, um, 
I think there is legitimate hope that the Sixers and Simmons can repair their relationship. But even if that's the beginning, the first step, and then the next one, I, I, I can't imagine teams still not interested in acquiring him. And this becomes Daryl Morey's situation where let's let's go back even to the reported asking price with the Warriors. Remember before the draft when we knew the Warriors were picking two picks in the lottery and allegedly they were asking for Wiggins, Wiseman, the two lottery picks, and even two more future first rounds. Okay, that's just too much. Now, I had said at the time, if I'm Golden State, I'm still very, very interested in him. I think that would make that team – still in a championship-type window with a player like him. But they obviously still like Wiseman. Wiggins is a, is a starter for them. They now have selected the two picks, and so now you have two names attached to those lottery picks. And I'm sure they didn't want to give up future first-rounders, but if you did at that point, you figure, hey, the Warriors are going to be a, a top-five team, so those are back into the first-round picks. I would have thought about it. I know it's given up a lot. Um, what were the rumors or, you know, Alleged talk with the Sacramento Kings and Ben Simmons. You're talking about names like Buddy Heald and Ben S- and uh, Marvin Bagley, but those are probably coming more from the Kings' perspective. I gotta believe that Philadelphia was talking about Mitchell, Halliburton, Fox, something along those lines as well. And I'm sure that's where where talk stalled. So this is where the communication is always very, very important. There's ego. There's hurt feelings, and yes. Things can get patched up. A lot of times they get forced to get patched up because someone's going to call a bluff. And the first kind of heels-in-the-sand move was made by Ben Simmons. And then Philadelphia kind of heard that, responded to that, started to dock some pay. And now it looks like the two sides are getting closer to some sort of agreement to at least get the parties together. And in the end, I think that's good for basketball. I think that's good for Ben Simmons. And it could be good for Philadelphia if they make the right trade. And as the season is about to begin, a week from tomorrow, there's the first two games. The Kings will begin a week from Wednesday with regular season action. I hope this gets cleared up by then because if you think about it, you still have the situation with Kyrie Irving lurking out there on what his home status is going to be. As of now, he's not going to be able to play home games. And Ben Simmons, so you have two very high-profile players that aren't injured that could be out at the beginning of the year. And I just don't think that's good for the league. Now, it gets people talking about the league and projected trades and all that kind of stuff, which the league and Twitter and social media thrive on. But you still want to see these guys play. You still want to see Philadelphia, if they have Ben Simmons, have him out there. If not, what has he moved for? Which team? What What are the new look for the Sixers and the team he went to. So I hope it gets resolved. It sounds like it's getting closer to get to that point, but there's a lot uh, a lot more there. And you just Now you wonder how hurt are the feelings? How damaging is it? I mean, you read stuff like Phil Jackson's book years ago when the Lakers were winning all the time, the stuff he would say about Shaq and Kobe, and you know, ultimately those two guys parted ways probably would have won a lot more. I think, I'm sure they would have won a lot more. They both went on and to win championships separately, but they talked about how, you know, they probably regretted how that relationship went over time. So um, it's it's something that can be shored up, can be fixed, but it's going to take some work. It really will. All right, still to come on the show, 
We've got so much to get to today. We got we got to get into what happened with Trey Lance and the 49ers yesterday and the Raiders. Man, Derek Carr and that group just they didn't have it. They did not have it yesterday, and you wonder how much of that had effects from uh, John Gruden's emails that came out, or, or at least the stories of that on Friday. We'll get into that. We'll tell you about the best and worst of Week 5 in the National Football League. And as we told you, too, we will have your opportunity to win WWE tickets later this hour, Kings tickets in the 5 o'clock hour, and we got to spend much more time on the Giants and Dodgers with that huge, huge Game 3 coming your way tonight. When we come back, though, we'll look at some more news from the weekend, including the fight, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, and much more as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHTK, Jason Ross here with you again. Uh, game night coming up at 5.30, Kings live pregame at 6.30, Kings basketball, Kings and Blazers. If you're just checking in, a lot of guys out for tonight's game. Lillard, McCollum, uh, let's see, Powell, McLemore, Snell, and Zeller all out for the Blazers. Kings are not going to play Tristan Thompson, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halbert, and Marvin Bagley all out for tonight's game there. You heard the uh, rejoiner there, a little LL Cool J. I'm going to knock you out. It was a good fight. It really was this weekend. If we look back at some of the things and events over one of the best sports weekends in a long time, there was so much going on with the crossroads of a lot of sports. But I think the end of what each sport brought us, there was some great college football, amazing NFL. Postseason baseball was, was very good. And then we have a heavyweight title fight. And I think there was a lot of anticipation. Obviously, fights still do what uh, not Every sport can, but a lot of them can when you get to the last round, right, or the last uh, crowning achievement. The stars came out, and Vegas looked like uh, quite a scene, as you would expect. And Fury versus Wilder was was very, very good. I mean, it really was. It was entertaining. It's what you want in the sport. Um, I was impressed with Wilder. I thought – I know, Chris, I think on Friday, did you did you predict Wilder to win? You thought he might get yeah. one? Or, yeah. Yeah. And he had chances. Man, he really did. Um, and so now we've seen it again. There's not really a big margin of difference between the two. Obviously, the height and weight uh, of Fury, but um, that was a really fun fight. That was a good fight. It's the famous line of everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face. Yes. And so Wilder went in with a different plan, just like staying away from him, jabbing him. And then as soon as Fury popped him really good, then it was Wilder just trying to load up and trying to take him out with one punch. Yeah, and, the, you know, it felt a couple different times like each guy was close to doing that. Uh, the last big one, though, obviously was in the 11th by Fury. And, um, I mean, that's it's entertaining. It was well done. It was it was good. I don't I didn't have a lot of issues with with the fight itself. I guess what I wondered, Chris. Um, I didn't see it in the traditional way that, you know, I didn't get the fight. I, I saw it in some – I don't even know how else to see it, but, like, one, through clips, but, two, people were sharing, like, rounds on different things I saw on YouTube, and, and you get extended parts of the fight, but not from start to finish. If it went the full 12, uh, who was going to win, you think? I, I didn't see the cards at the end. Theory. So Okay, so that's – it seemed like he was ahead, but not by – I mean, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. And – do you need to see it again, or are we done with this? Uh, I mean, I'd like to see it again. I think it's going to be the same result, but, I mean, why wouldn't you want to see a fight like that again? Yeah, I mean, I know when it's it's 
we've seen it multiple times. Do we need to see it again? I don't. I don't know. Really know what's next for for heavyweight boxing. Um, well, if Anthony Joshua wins his wins. rematch, then yeah. it's going to be Joshua Fury, which was going to happen before Wilder got his uh, uh, rematch. Who's a better matchup for Fury, Joshua or Wilder? I think I don't see how Fury. I don't see how Joshua would beat Fury. Yeah, he doesn't have the. Does he have the same kind of power as Wilder? Uh, no, but he's a better boxer. Better. That's the thing. Like Wilder is just a a free swinger to me. Now he, like you said, he had more of a game plan this time, but for a round and hit, a half. Yeah, until he got hit, and it's like, oh gosh, let me knock this guy out, and he's just too difficult to knock out. But it was, uh, it was a good show. It was a good fight. Um. And I know we've we've said this before, and people are always saying this boxing is dying. I don't know that it's dying. I don't know that it's. There's been other times in the sport where it's been a lot better, and there's a lot more names and draws in a lot of different weight classes. But I think it'll cycle through a little bit. It's here. been dying since the 1900s. Right. Exactly. And then the 80s were pretty great. And 60s, 70s, 80s, parts of the 90s were great. So it's still going. It's still existing. There's more. You know, MMA, I think, has changed things a little bit. Maybe some have gone into that as opposed to boxing, maybe. But, yeah, it until we get the next fantastic name, great champion, compelling draw, um, it'll, 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 it'll be right back where it was, I think. I mean, I think there were, like I said, the, it brought people, I heard people talking about it, people tweeting about it, people excited about it. Um, if, if that sport's dying, it did okay this weekend. It really did. A couple other things from the weekend, looking at the weekend roundup, uh, or this one's kind of spilling over today. Chris, this was a story we talked about um, several weeks ago, maybe even several months ago. But J.R. Smith made, uh, made his college collegiate golf debut for North Carolina a and I still think that's a really cool story. It's so great. I mean, because it's one thing. He walked on. He didn't take anybody's scholarship away or anything like that. I think it's just really cool. Yeah, like and when I, else is, are people talking about college golf? Exactly, and and of just J.R. Smith has been probably more of a punchline than anything else, and here you're just now I find myself rooting for him. Like I don't even know anything about their golf team if their golf team is any good, if he's even a a good part of it. But he's kind of done it the way. Yes, yeah, sure, the school's getting attention and he's a name, but he's doing it the right way. He had some eligibility. I just think that's cool. I think it's really cool. So that uh, happened as well. Uh, the other one that we were mentioning kind of just in the wildness of the weekend, we were talking about the Giants and the Dodgers for those two games. Um, if anybody had a chance to see part or a large part of the Rays-Red Sox game yesterday, now the Red Sox can eliminate the Rays today with a win. That extra inning game yesterday was just a classic. There were so many things that were going on throughout portions of that game. And then to have the unique nature of a play that actually ends up helping Boston where the Rays look like they're going to get the win, uh, sending a runner at first, getting a deep fly ball, bounces off the wall, then off Kike Hernandez, and then back over the wall, ruled a ground rule double, Run either run didn't score. They would have had probably a runner on third with a run in in extra innings. Instead, second and third, two out, they get out of the inning. Boston ultimately wins the game, and kind of the quirkiness – of Fenway Park, in this case, helped Boston. I mean, it really did. And I just hadn't seen a play like that to bounce short, off the wall, hit the wall, hit Hernandez, then go back over the wall. Um, it was just a bizarre 
ruling and, and one of those things you just you just don't see that much in sports. And that's what happens a lot. Um, that was the Thursday night game. Yeah, with the Rams and the Seahawks, Chris, right, that had the double punt, I guess. I don't know how other way to call it. But the, the punter punting it twice after it was blocked and punting it again. Sometimes these things come up and they just look wrong, and then you find out there's a rule in place for it. Yeah, the double punt wasn't wrong. It was the punter kicking it past the line of scrimmage. Line of scrimmage that just look. Wait, what is happening? What here? you can't do. <laughs> right, right. So it's just bizarre things that seem to happen that have happened, and I think it just gave us a weekend. You know, I said it on Friday. I said, man, there's going to be so much happening this weekend. Um, and for the most part, I think things lived up to it. And I know in our next segment we're going to get into some of the great things that happened in college football, including some audio you've got to hear because of the in, – in our area, we've said it in the West Coast, it just doesn't seem to have the same kind of draw college football does to, you know, the Midwest, certainly the South. It just It's a part of life of what they do. Well, we're going to have you hear uh, something that's pretty fantastic when we come back. It's an opportunity for – Someone who's probably working on the weekend shift that's a huge fan of Alabama and, and Texas A&M. And you'll hear them while they're trying to deliver the weather. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool piece. Also, when we come back, we'll have a trivia question for you. WWE ticket giveaway. We're going to do that. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to see WWE Raw on October 18th at Golden One Center. We'll do that and much more as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. He's just a common man, working hard with his hands. All right, back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Jason Ross here with you. 5.30, it'll be game night. Scott Marsh and the High Flyer, Henry Turner, will have that as we get you to Kings preseason basketball. All right, uh, plenty of things for us to get to. Right now, your chance for our WWE ticket giveaway. Win a pair of tickets to WWE Raw on October 18th. Here's what you need to do. Get online right now at 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. Call that number right now and your chance to win a pair of tickets. Chris is going to have a question for you uh, coming up in just a moment. Chris, you got a good one today? I think so. I think so? Okay. Well, we'll get people lined up and get your chance to win tickets here in a moment. want to talk a little bit more about a few things that happened over the weekend. Before we do that, there's some news coming out of 49ers camp. Trey Lance sprained left knee. Man, could miss time. They have a bye week this week, so the bye week's good, uh, good timing. They don't think it's anything very serious, but uh, report from the 49ers that Trey Lance has a sprained left knee and could miss some time. So the bye week's coming at the right time for San Francisco. All right, college this weekend, there were so many great things that happened. Texas and Oklahoma game was an absolute classic, just an incredible game of college football. You had 13 teams left now undefeated at the FBS level. One of those and and favorites and best teams year in and year out is Alabama. Well, they had a a great game with Texas A&M, and we were talking about this going to break, about what college football means to different parts of this country and different fan bases. Well, Here's a two-part thing. We're gonna let you hear first a meteorologist who was uh, working the game or working during the game, and um, well, we'll just let her take it away. A little something behind the scenes here. 
efforts is really focused on the Texas A&M and the Alabama, Alabama game. We're tied right now. It's 38-38. We have the ball. It's like a minute 26 left. We just need to eat the time again to field goal range, kick a field but, goal, uh, and then we would win. It'd be the first time we beat I'm Alabama since Johnny Menzel. I'm trying to let her know that we do need to hear about the weather, though. Yes. I think you have a good forecast. People, I think we, people are going to want to hear about that. Can they wait to after the game? <laughs> no, they can't wait till after the game. Now she's going to give the weather. And just see if you can maybe identify when uh, the game-winning kick happened. Now, although we're getting a lot of rain this week, I thought I would let you guys know <laughs> that, um, um, that it, um, the fall foliage right now is um, this week. We're expecting it this week. Um, it's going to be around um, uh, this uh, Friday as peak foliage um, this week right now um, for the uh, northwest over here, which is where the quad cities are at. Now, as we get looking back at our. I think that's the classic definition of trying to be professional while also the ultimate fan. That's awesome. She was all in. Uh, it was a great day for A&M. Let's hear the highlight from the Texas A&M radio network. 28-yard attempt by Seth Small. It is down. It is up. And the fighting Texas Aggies take down the top-ranked Tide 41-38. to 38. Number one goes down, and the celebration is on at Kyle Field. I love it. I absolutely love those moments. Storming the field, um, just elation, a crazy night certainly for them, and a, and a landmark win for Texas A&M to take out Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, same call, same highlight. This one is from the Alabama Radio Network. The crowd will tell you what happens. Well, the league is going to get themselves $250,000 because everybody who does not have a seat and those who did have now flooded the field here at Kyle Field and College Station. Yeah, it gave us just awesome, awesome drama. So Alabama, that was a stunner over the weekend for them to lose. Uh, the top four, we, we talked about this, and we'll talk with Chris Landry this week when he joins us on Wednesday for his weekly visit from LandryFootball.com. Uh, to me, it felt like Alabama and Georgia were clearly the two best teams in college football. Well, now Alabama has lost. Um, you look at Georgia defensively, they are just so good. I mean, they're just absolutely so dominant right now at this point. And, uh, you know, Alabama's still going to be in the mix, certainly, but now you, they can't have another slip-up. They can afford this one. Um, college football is more open this year. A chance for a team like Cincinnati still to make their way in there, winning as a uh, – as they had the, their biggest win, I would say, is against Notre Dame. Some of these other conferences, you know, Michigan's finally having a breakthrough start. Can they uh, continue? And certainly can they beat Ohio State when it matters at the end? Lots of things still to get to as the college football season is about uh, halfway through uh, at this point. So um, locally, uh, UC Davis had a really surprising loss this weekend when they lost to Idaho State. And then Sacramento State uh, got a win at home as they took out Southern Utah. So the college football season continues to round into form. Great drama every week. And I thought you'd enjoy that uh, meteorologist uh, living it in uh, real time, trying to go through and, and give her actual factual weather report uh, while uh, Texas A&M was pulling off that so, upset. So, Jason, yes. who was worse, that meteorologist or me when I am watching a soccer game? Um... You know, I think we'd have to put you in the same spot, Chris, because when you're watching a soccer game, I mean, 
you're allowed to uh, yell and make noises and cheer and be happy and mad. Uh, but if you were on camera and you were delivering... Yeah, remember we used to have that uh, show when it would be on during soccer games? Yes. Th- was I worse than that? Um, I think we knew when to uh, whether or not to even go to you on those days. You know, it's like, oh, it's a soccer day. Chris, we just won't even include Chris. There was one day where I believe I scared Nate because I threw a chair. Yes, yes. Um, and that was a pretty mild day for you, I think. Pretty mild. Um, all right, Chris, so do you have, we have a, again, 1-800-920-1140, 1-800-920-1140 for your chance to win these WWE Raw tickets for today, uh, for next week, October 18th, our tickets that we have for you today, a pair of them. Um, who do we have for us today? Uh, we have Tony right now, Tony. Okay, so the rest of you, if Tony misses, you guys can try. Chris, what is the question we are going to give Tony? So the question for Tony is, which WWE Hall of Famer, famously known as the son of a plumber, would have celebrated his 76th birthday today? Tony, do you know the answer to that? Yeah, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Tony, you won. You got it, Tony. Awesome. Man. awesome. There, you, there you go. Hang tight, Tony. Congratulations. You have won a pair of tickets to see WWE Raw on October 18th right here at Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit KHDK.com. Number, it would have been 76 today? He would have been 76? 76. How about that? All right. Well, you got a, you got a week's worth of questions for us, Chris? I do. I, th- right. I think they will be harder as we go along through the that's week. That's good. Well, that's all right. Tony, hang tight. We'll get your information. You are our first winner of the week. Also, later in this show, in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to have Kings tickets to give away as well. So we're in the giving mood. We're going to have an opportunity for you to see the Kings in their home opener against the Utah Jazz. That'll be uh, We'll give those away to start the 5 o'clock hour. So as we get ready for our second hour of the show, coming up in the next hour, um, we've got to get a lot into the Raiders and the Niners and the news that we were saying right at the top of the segment. Looks like Trey Lance has a sprained left knee. Not much more detail than that at this point, but certainly he gets thrown into the fire, has to play. We heard the news over the weekend as well about Kittle. Um, man, the Niners have so much talent when it's all there, but you got Jimmy G out. You've got injuries at running back uh, with Mostert getting hurt in week one. Defensive players have been hurt. Kittle's now out or has been out for last game and will be out a couple more. Uh, Robbie Gould is out. Just go down the list, and now it looks like Trey Lance could miss some time. No a confirmation on that with his injury um, to his sprained left knee. Um, also in our next hour, Giants, Dodgers, Game 3 tonight. I mean, it goes without saying every game feels like it's it's critical every inning. That's that's the beauty. And when you guys watch this, how invested are you in this postseason baseball? It, it becomes a situation where every pitch, every base runner, you get nervous if you're the defense. Uh, is this the inning they break free? And the Giants were looking good in game one, and game two was, was pretty mild going for a while, and then the Dodgers threatened, and then they just blew that thing wide open. So tonight, Scherzer versus Wood. We will talk about that when we come back and the rest of the Major League Baseball picture. All that in a busy 4 o'clock hour as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.